Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And we kind of have snuck into the fancy Mamma Mia studio today, <laughs> usually just for like, you know, a bit of behind the scenes stuff that no one cares about probably, is that we've got two studios at work and there's a little closet that we <laughs> normally sit in because we're, you know, just basic It's bitches. like the cave. It's very like <laughs> Harry Potter, like under the stair vibe. Yeah. <laughs> And today we're in the fancy big studio with lights and a table and a chair that took me out 15 minutes how to sort out. <laughs> not as bad as at the old Mamma Mia office. I don't know if you oh, ever yeah. went into there, but we had so many podcasts and just one studio. So we had this like little mini studio erected in the office and we used to call it the chokey because it was literally <laughs> just a airless box that you'd sit in. So if you did a podcast longer than 20 minutes, you had to open the door and be like, <gasps> and like get a breath of fresh air not just to like, so that you wouldn't faint. And also when I stood up my head used to push up the roof of the oh, trochee. No. Miss that place. Look at us. We're on the up. <laughs> Look at us. So I hope you guys can appreciate how much fancier we sound today. So coming up on the show today, Jen Aniston and her salad are making headlines, but we think that that's actually just a distraction from some very villainous behavior that's been happening in the world of Jen Aniston. And we're going to get into that. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. <laughs> I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, hot off the news that Beyonce is releasing a new album on July 29th, even better news today that she is releasing a single off that album. The song is called Break My Soul and it is out right now. Okay, this is a bop. Beyonce wants us in the clubs. She wants us dancing. She wants us dropping it low. Besides being a total banger and probably the year's most exciting release, I want to talk about how this ties into how influential Beyonce actually is. And it all sort of goes back to her 2013 surprise drop of her self-titled album, which was released without notice on a Friday. And from there, it pretty much changed our music consumption in a couple of ways. So before then, albums in the United States were always released on a Tuesday. This was because it gave labels a full weekend plus one working day to like physically ship the CDs and have them be set up in stores. This was back when we actually purchased physical music. (laughs) But it was also because Billboard published its album and single charts on Wednesdays. And then in 2014, after Beyonce had released her self-titled album, the International Federation of the Phonographic Industry, which is basically like the UN for the recording industry, decided on a global release date of Friday, one, to avoid piracy, but two, because Beyonce had done it and it had taken the entire world by storm at one specific time. 
And then the other thing that's incredible to see is how Beyonce has returned this time to a more sort of traditional rollout, meaning you get the album announcement with, you know, at least a month ahead of time, followed now by the lead single to build up that hype. And Beyonce herself hasn't done this since 2011 with four. And since then, she's surprise dropped two albums in a row. And that has changed the entire game. It's been credited with popularizing the way of releasing music without warning, which has since been done by artists like Frank Ocean, Taylor Swift and Drake just last week. And so I know that there's always a little bit of side eye about the idolization of Beyonce as this like untouchable queen. But truly, the sway and the respect that she commands within music is wild. So it will be fascinating to see how this return to tradition sort of shifts things once again. So Break My Soul is out now and Act One Renaissance is out on July 29th. Well, also making news today, although not as exciting as Beyonce, unfortunately, Kendall Jenner and a cucumber are once again making (laughs) joint headlines. So the Jenners and the Kardashians were at an event recently to celebrate the end of the Kardashians' first season on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. RIP, I missed that show already. And the infamous cucumber scene was brought up because it was kind of the only storyline Kendall Jenner had all season. Okay, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. Like, Courtney's engaged, Chloe's been cheated on, Kim's got a new relationship, and Kendall can't cut a cucumber. <laughs> I know, right? That is why she is, I don't mean to be mean, but we're all friends here, the blandest, not just the blandest <laughs> person from the Kardashians, family, the blandest person who has ever graced our TV screens, because her only other storyline was when she was pretending not to be at Astroworld, mm. which again, anyway, we're not here to rag and on also, Kendall Jenner. she's healthy. Oh my God. That actually, <laughs> that was that was quite funny, her health room. But again, someone check on that girl. She is not okay. So if anyone's missed this, although if you're listening to The Spill, you obviously care about celebrity culture, so don't pretend you're too good not to know what we're talking about, <laughs> because there was that scene in the Kardashians where she was at Kris Jenner's new mansion in her crazy kitchen. She was making herself a snack and she was trying to cut a cucumber and she couldn't get it. She did some go-go gadget arm thing where she had one arm holding, like crossing over, holding the cucumber, trying to cut it. Kris Jenner was rightfully very concerned that she was about to slice off one of her model hands and kept (laughs) calling for a chef who never made it onto camera to run in and help her. And obviously that became a huge viral moment. From what we knew, she was quite upset about it, which Mm. is wild because Khloe Kardashian went on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast and said that she wasn't taking the interest in it well. And then at this event, she addressed it for the first time. My cucumber moment was pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, but honestly, like, Chloe, Chloe was right. Like, watching it back sometimes can be therapy. And I know this is actually silly. Like, this isn't a real big deal to me. But, like, it's hysterical, but, like, watching it back, because I was like... Why did I cut it? Like, I don't even know why I cut it like that. And then I I literally was talking to Jess, and I was like, can you help me? Like, what did I do wrong? How can I do better? Whatever. Like, I really took it seriously. But I think it's hysterical, and I love it, honestly. It's because it couldn't be more me. Like, I am like a noodle that does weird things. Again, I don't mean to be a bitch, but it's just coming out of me, is that it's less funny when she's trying to get in on the joke. Can I just say I call bullshit? Right. Like, I just feel like Kendall Jenner is very earnest almost. (laughs) Like, she just takes herself very seriously, and I think she's been told, like, 
you need to pretend that you find this funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because she keeps saying, like, it's just silly, it's just funny, and I think she's, like, repeating that in her mind almost. But what's kind of interesting there, which has kind of been overshadowed by just everything else that's been happening, is that it sounds like she has, like, gone on to get cucumber cutting lessons. <laughs> like, imagine a chef, and we're assuming it's one of the family chefs because they all have their own private live-in chefs, and, like, why wouldn't you? Mm. But the older girls kind of lived as normal people through, like, their 20s and into their 30s before they became super famous, so even though they were rich. They weren't like live-in chef rich, so they can all cut a cucumber. And (laughs) Kylie Jenner, well, she always puts photos up of herself and videos of herself cooking. I know you don't believe she's actually doing it. but absolutely do not. (laughs) Okay. But even so, she hasn't been caught out yet. But Kendall Jenner, it sounds like she's had cucumber cutting lessons, which imagine being the one to teach her, like, you just hold it and you slice it. I mean... You're on the Kardashian payroll and, like, imagine you, like, drive home after work and someone's like, how was your day? And you're like, I had to teach this human noodle to cut a cucumber. And what if she was in the hyperbaric chamber while she was having the lesson and you just see these hands reach out of that cocoon thing that she, like, spends all her time in? You just pass a knife and a cucumber down and you're just talking to her in this little tent and be her oxygen tent and being like, just slice it this way. But I can understand why she's doing damage control because as we were talking about this morning, cucumbers have the power to bring down celebrities. Like if there's one vegetable you don't want to mess with, it's a cucumber. Okay. I love how your brain works. Because I'm like, I would never had made this connection ever in a million years. So tell everyone about your cucumber theory. Well, it's just obviously it's the vegetable that took down Hilaria Baldwin. Like <laughs> before then she was, you know, Alec Baldwin's famous wife and she was doing TV appearances and she was on the cover of like international magazines and she had a podcast and a whole, I mean, she still has those things, but like obviously now we all look at it all differently. Mm-hmm. And she had this whole empire built around being a certain person, a Spanish person. <laughs> and then when people people started figuring out what was happening. It was when she couldn't remember the word for cucumber, when she was literally doing cooking thing. And she's like, it's the word for, what do you say? How do you say cucumber? And everyone's like, you're from Boston. (laughs) You're not from Spain. And so I feel like her downfall is linked to a cucumber. And I, so everyone's making fun of Kendall Jenner for panicking now, but I just think Kendall Jenner's mind has skipped ahead and being like, I'm also about to be brought down by a cucumber. Oh my God. This is my favorite thing that you've ever told me about. I'm obsessed with it. I just feel like, do you think like all the celebrities now, all their PR people and managers are like, do not go near cucumbers. Yeah. Like they think, are your downfall. I'm just thinking of people like waking up in a cold sweat now <laughs> with a cucumber like in there flashing through their mind. It's the vegetable that's going to take down Hollywood. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Well, Jennifer Aniston has debunked this weird viral TikTok from a few months ago about a salad that she supposedly ate every day while filming Friends. So in case you missed it, the salad that actually Courtney Cox revealed in a 2010 interview before it then resurfaced on TikTok this year includes turkey bacon, chickpeas, bulgar, pistachios, parsley, mint and crumbled feta. And Aniston said in a new interview with Shape that she absolutely does not eat this salad and she's like, where did this come from? 
but we don't actually care about the salad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I did understand when the internet kind of let out this collective sigh of upset when this news came out because mm-hmm. that freaking salad was all over my TikTok page. Yeah. I'm trying to block it. People at work were talking about You're making like, it. No. And I remember that was such a big thing when they did like when Friends ended all those years ago and they did like a TV special off the back of it where they took I want to say Oprah, but I don't know if it was Oprah. They took some famous person around the back of the set and talked through like what had been like making the show. And that's when it came out that Jennifer Aniston had eaten the same lunch every day for 10 years Mm. and everyone was being shocked. And she's like, what can I say? I'm a creature of habit. But because we didn't have social media, then it didn't take off the way it did now. So now all these TikTokers have been eating the salad for weeks, thinking that they're <laughs> going to be Jennifer Aniston, and now they've had a rude awakening. But we think this is just part of a bigger sinister plot. Yeah, so we're thinking this is a classic distraction tactic. It comes after a string of kind of interesting, I guess controversial headlines about Aniston, including the highly talked about thing that came out of the Variety Actors on Actors discussion that she had with Sebastian Stan. And it was right at the time when the internet was just yeah. becoming. It really sort of shaped so much of a new culture kind of about this thing of people becoming famous for basically doing nothing, but yet having these incredible careers. And then women's sort of reputation, I mean, Pam, uh, uh, Paris Hilton. We've been in that invasive kind of (laughs) of privacy since, and it's only gotten more and more, you know, so. And it's really hard. I I always say I feel feel so lucky that we got a little taste of the industry before it became what it is today, which is just different. More streaming services, more people, you're famous from TikTok, you're famous from YouTube, you're famous from Instagram. It's sort of, it's almost like it's diluting the actor's job. So quite a lot of backlash came out of that. But first, I want to get into a conspiracy very quickly. Yeah. Because the original video said Monica Lewinsky. Okay, it did. Are you sure it did say Monica Lewinsky? Well, yes. I lo- no, no, I believe you. But because I can't find any evidence of mm. it now, I keep thinking to myself, did I imagine that? But you saw it too, right? I absolutely saw it. Okay. And then, so that video is from Variety and it doesn't say that. But then their transcript does say Monica Lewinsky. Oh, so okay. someone's done a quick chop, got her yeah. out of there. Which is fair enough because obviously Monica Lewinsky is not famous for being mm-hmm. famous. She's famous for being completely dragged through the mud in a big political scandal and being mm-hmm. shamed for something that wasn't just her doing. And so that's very different. But I guess Jennifer Aniston was thinking back to a time where that was such a dominant news headline, but I'm glad they've cut it out. Totally. So the kind of the most enduring narrative, I guess, that came from that was like, this feels like an elitist take because Aniston is what the kids call a Nepo baby. She was kind of born with one foot in the door almost. Like her dad is a daytime Emmy winner, John Aniston, and he starred in Days of Our Lives since 1985 and he's still on That is wild the show. to me. I know. That was the most shocking part of the <laughs> entire morning. I was like, wait, what? So these comments made me side-eye a little bit because it also was just a week after we sort of knew that she had liked Johnny Depp's Instagram post that he posted after winning the defamation trial against Amber Heard. And she also had followed him mid-trial. And I feel like that to me says a lot. And then for her to then speak about Paris Hilton and Monica Lewinsky, especially, you know, in recent years, we've kind of reassessed these women and spoken a bit about how they were going through trauma during those early years of fame. 
Yeah, it feels a little bit icky. I can definitely see why this led to some backlash online. It's so interesting because for so many decades, we've only had the lovely Jen, poor Jen narrative. Mm. So like lovely comedy actress, Angelina Jolie's the bad guy, Brad Mm -hmm. Pitt's the bad guy. So we had that narrative for years where it was kind of like unlucky and loved Jen, but everyone very much loved her, almost like a little cute aunt, best friend kind of vibe, which again is just kind of assigning that persona to anyone is not helpful, but that's kind of how we saw her. And then she almost found this new wave of fame where she started doing funny interviews and her and Brad Pitt started having like funny online reactions to each other and she started doing the talk shows circuit more not even to promote things just to kind of be a personality Mm -hmm. and also her presence on Instagram like I think when she joined Instagram she was one of the most followed people quickly on the platform and so then she kind of almost found a younger audience in a way and I think what this has been a reminder of is that she's very much like we think she's new wave Hollywood but she's very old guard Hollywood and now she's kind of let that slip a little bit so she's old guard Hollywood and the fact that Johnny Depp's kind of like one of her people. I'm assuming kind of like Mm. she kind of is almost siding with him in a way because there's this group of actors that are all in it together and she would very much be on his side of it. I'm assuming, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I'm kind of just looking at how those groups of actors work and how Hollywood works and stuff like that and people who are a particular age who have been in the industry for a long time and the circles that they move in, that they would be in that same place and then also letting slip their thoughts on like the newer wave of performers coming up in the industry and how they find fame on social media platforms and they build themselves into celebrities and then start acting whereas her generation was very much like a studio or someone takes you on and builds you into a star that way. And I guess, like, yeah, she definitely is, like, a Nepo baby in that sense. And we've got a whole rise of pretty much every young star in Hollywood at the moment feels like they're also... Nepo babies as well, following in those same tracks. Totally. Like, there's still 100% nepotism in Hollywood. I don't know, I could list off a dozen right now. But, you know, it feels like social media has democratised fame a little bit. Obviously, you know, you can, in theory, like Justin Bieber did it, post videos on YouTube or, yeah. you know, Troy Sivan, another one that came from YouTube. And you can create an audience and then build fame from that and establish a career. And so I think, yeah, there probably is a shift from, like, quality to like quantity of followers or level of engagement but in some ways that sort of leveled the playing field of becoming famous and opening doors and when we think about things in terms of like diversity that becomes really important because the doors would traditionally be closed to you know minorities people of color queer creatives those kind of people exactly and so to have social media gives them another sort of leg up Yeah, exactly. On one hand, it's almost pitting like traditional Nepo babies against social media users, even though, like you're saying, if you look at Hollywood now, you've got like the kind of list of actresses, especially that people are like very excited about, like a Margaret Qualley or a Lily Collins or Mm -hmm. Riley Keough, all very famous parents, like for generations going back, even like a Dakota Johnson or like a Zoe Kravitz even. Like people Mm -hmm. don't like to say that about Zoe Kravitz because we like her, but she's like the definition of a Nepo baby. So you have that kind of stuff happening, even though like... Yes, Jennifer Anderson's dad is famous and he gave her, but I don't think he can be completely responsible for the level of fame she is now. But getting in the door is the hardest thing. And he definitely got her in the door. But I also think like part of me, and maybe I'm just putting myself in like an old guard Hollywood with the old people here, but I also agree with her in a way, not with shaming Paris Hilton and Monica Lewinsky or anyone like that, because Mm. I think, say we want about Paris Hilton, but she's done the work over the years (laughs) to keep herself in the spotlight and build a career. But I I think that there is in media and entertainment a real push towards having social media followers 
be in place of experience in the workplace. So I think like if you've got a lot of followers, I mean, look at someone like Addison Ray. That's something that mm-hmm. like we've talked about on a spill before. Like I don't think she should be getting acting roles in like oh, no. Netflix <laughs> movies and stuff like that because she's not great on screen. And the only reason she's getting those roles is because she is such a TikTok star. And I think that's what Jennifer Aniston is talking about is stunt casting being more of a thing now because of social media rather than just looking at like who would be a great actor just to be in this role. So on that side, I agree with her. It also happens the other way around where established actors or singers are kind of, you know, like pushed to create social yes. content because these days it is all about having your own audience and that engagement online. Like we've seen it quite often at the moment with singers on TikTok and that kind of thing. And I'm sure that actors will have clauses and contracts and stuff when they're promoting movies about being on social media and engaging and that kind of thing. But I am interested in the fact that in all of these quote unquote controversies have been pretty much unprompted. Like, they've all been from things that she said that have just come from her with no one really asking the question. It's kind of weird to me because if Jennifer Aniston did nothing for 40 years, she would be, you know, 80, 90 years old and still just as beloved as she is now because she has that level of love. And so it's interesting that she's making these gaffes when it's not really needed. Yeah, but that comes from a place of feeling so safe and certain Mm. in your position in Hollywood and your fame, which I think she is because, yes, she's having these little blips, but none of this is going to touch her in a bigger way. It's not going to stop people following her. It's not going to stop her getting roles. So I think what she's saying now, she's almost coming from the, which I kind of respect, she's coming from the place of like an older white man where they're like, (laughs) I can say anything I want. And I think that's what she's kind of getting to. So I think, yes, Jennifer Aniston is in her villain era, but she also makes some fair points. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Madeline Joannou with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. 